How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Eat Sleep Elite. This is our AEW Revolution post show. Um, I am joined, as always, by the Digital Phantom, the Duke of Derps. How's it going there, good brother Duke? Hey there, pal. We're we're riding a high. Sting just retired, and and we have a one of our buddies is joining us tonight uh, on some post show wax and uh. Uh, good, good brother Dart. How, how you doing, Dart? Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. This is my second time on the show. Uh, first time in about three years. So, hey, hey, we're one of the OGs, bro. Hey, if you guys were here when Dart was on our last show, uh, you fucking rock. Um, guys, fucking revolution literally just happened. Hot off the press, Sting just got cut off live. It just uh, we just witnessed all this. Um, I. I we got to start with some overall vibes and, and Duke, just, just give it to me now, man. What, how, what are your vibes right now? Now that we had Sting's retirement. So just, just let it, how are you feeling, bro? I, I feel like I can't even really put into words like the last match that we just watched. And like, I don't think we're going to be able to do it justice. Like I've tried in the past to like write like a paragraph about every section of a match in my notes to try and explain my thoughts on a match before. There was nothing I could write about Sting's retirement that would ever do it justice. You kind of just, I don't know, if there's a way for you to watch this back on the digital, like, uh, you know, re restream of this pay-per-view, go back and watch it. And on top of that, on the same show, we had probably the match of the year for AEW already. Like, I... I just, I have to take some time to process this show. These raw thoughts are going to be truly raw because I just, it just, it, this show, at first I was a little unsure about the structure of the matches, like when, where they were put. Yeah. Having watched the whole show, I think that is probably the strongest point of the show because I don't think that these matches work in any other order than what they did. Um... Maybe you could move a little, a, a little bit, but like you know, like it, it wouldn't. I, I, I think I, I'll let you go in a second, but I think Tony Khan might have cracked the code on these pay per view cards. Finally, like give him time to build, and and look what happens. We have shows that we care about. Like every single match had a meaning. Dart just overall vibes, man. You you just witnessed it. You you witnessed the three incredible matches in a row. You know, it, those last three matches, probably in terms of an AEW pay per view, were my favorite three matches in succession that I've ever. It's been a while since I've had that feeling, so it was just. It started off a little slow. It, it, it took some time to get going, but th- that crowd picked up, and it was the crowd energy for that Osprey Takeshita match that really put me back into the into the pay-per-view and unreal man unreal it, it really was and um yeah I, i'm with you guys man i i think tonight it, it is going to take some time to process right like like what does this all mean we've we've been talking for the past couple weeks just assuming we're going to get a tournament out of all this now that the tag titles assumably are going to be relinquished mm. god forbid hopefully aw doesn't take a book out of new japan and delete the history of the titles um <laughs> We don't need that, but um, yeah, real quick, let's get through this zero hour. We had the Bang Bang Scissor Gang out there with Jarrett, Lethal, Adam Singh, Private Party, and Willie Mack. Uh, 
that the only thing not- worth note of talking here is how Jay White went from main eventing a pay-per-view for the world title to a non-title pre-show match Ugh, God. in one pay-per-view or probably two pay-per-view cycles because there was another pay-per-view after uh, I, four I years. really hope this new AEW Dynasty show we, we clean this up uh, these these titles are in the mud I don't know it was cool seeing Willie Mack get, get a get on the pay-per-view I guess right let's go Willie Mack is that um, worth sacrificing Jay White I don't no. think I saw I saw a post and it kind of I kind of understood where they were coming from about Jay White it was that promo that he had after, though. It was, it was great. That, it, that was is a, awesome. it was that a is great promo. And, yeah. it, and it was basically signaling, Jay White will be fine. He I will be he fine. I think he was fine. I just yeah. worried for what he's doing. I, I, I think it's a misuse of what he could be doing right now, personally. Oh, well, of course. But there's always so, so many fish in the sea. To, Look, if he can resurrect everybody's gotta get the trio's titles, I'm down. Like... If he can resurrect those yes. titles, I'm totally in. Hey, within I'm, a year of being in the company, the guy was in a world title match. I can't complain about that. And his feud with MJF leading up to when all the shenanigans happened was actually incredible. So I can't, I can't, I have to tip it, but it's also at the same time, it's like, I know. It's association with the acclaimed. Dude, <laughs> it, it, there's a common thread here, man. You know it. it there's a common thread. I know, it, but it's it, just like it's tough because those are a couple of our guys that we've been I behind. And, you know, like, that does it's tough suck. to abandon those guys and like admit that they're not really what maybe we thought they were. You know, like <sighs> sometimes the the moments of them just outweigh the fucking title reigns. Right? Um, we had uh, the other pre-show match: the Zero Hour Chris Statlander, Willow Nightingale defeat TBS Champion Julia Hart and Sky Blue. Uh, the the pin here was Willow on Sky Blue. Which they actually had some really cool sequences in the match. Um, it it yeah, it's a zero hour match, guys. You know the vibes here. Uh, I'm assuming I see if Willow pinned Julia. I'm assuming we're getting that match the following Collision. It didn't happen. It is what it is. That took us out of the pre-show. The the most important thing that happened in between all that we had a vignette for Pac Pac whatever you want to call it. So he's on his way back. That was our first return of the night. That's a great sign for AEW in general. Uh, we need our boy back. He and, needs to uh, be on the next Wembley show, that's for sure. Good God, yes. Uh, we've been missing him for sure. Okay, so we open up with... Wait, the- is it time? Do we do Pac versus Will Ospreay Wembley? Is that the match? Dude, uh, that's an easy match to book for sure. Uh, World title? Pac, if he's returning as a face, Pac and Hangman now. I mean, that there's money there. Yeah. Um, we open up with Christian Cage and Daniel Garcia for the TNT Championship. Christian Cage ends up retaining the title. This the kind of story Probably. here is is more or less the numbers were too much for Danny, and even though Matt came out and, and was able to help, you couldn't escape what the patriarchy does. The patriarchy could be booked like the House of Torture, but instead they're very entertaining and we all enjoy it. They don't they don't drag the show down like the House of Torture. Um. I thought Danny did pretty good in his big pay-per-view match. Christian Cage, of course, always does fine. Um, some of my favorite stuff here with with Nick Wayne getting involved, hitting his that Wayne's world man. He, the way he fucking jumped from the floor to the top rope and hit the yo, that was fucking sick. Um, Daniel Garcia was some insane new gear, but um, uh, I told you guys right at the beginning of the show, he wasn't wearing trunks, so he wasn't gonna win. Um, Dart, that's it. That's it. 
any thoughts on this match and uh, and and Daniel Garcia finally getting the getting the big pay per view spot? You know, I'm a big fan of that sports entertainer, Danny, Danny Garcia. Um, yeah, buddy. <laughs> the the gear, meh. Uh, I understood why he did it. Um, it was the tribute. Um, but I mean, father of the year, Christian Cage, man. That, that's just another level. He's just he's too good, and the patriarchy is just just too much. It just Danny Garcia, though, great showing, and uh, he'll get yeah. his time. He'll get I his time. I think that's the important part, right? Right. He he needed to show up in this big match. After all, the, look, his story hasn't been without his setbacks, right? Duke, the whole Continental Classic, it was all about setbacks until he finally got the one, two, three. So, uh, okay, so I guess here's here's a legitimate question: Do we think that Daniel Garcia and Christian Cage are not done with each other? I, I think they are done only because we know Adam Copeland's still lingering, right? I fucking hate that we know that this was supposed to be Cope in this spot. And that Cope was probably supposed to win the title here, you know? Yeah. It, that does... It, dude, having that in the back of your mind does hurt, man. I couldn't help but think of it throughout the match. And I did really appreciate what they did here. I remember saying that to you. Hey, first two matches in, we're, we're cooking here. You know what I mean? Like, in terms of match quality, you know? Yeah. Like... And so, like, I I do really hope that this doesn't, like, put that... Do you know how, like, every time there has been a push for Danny, there has been a match like this that has put the dagger in his push? I really hope that this is not the case in this instance. I don't think it was. I, I hope not, too, yeah. Um. So, we had Lexi backstage with Danielson, and she's talking about he's warming up. He's, he's knowing Eddie Kingston's weaknesses. He's going to make him tap out. His music hits, so he knows he's focused. He doesn't want to get out. Uh, he doesn't want to talk before the match. Renee is back with Eddie Kingston. He dedicates this match to Jun Akiyama. I thought that was a nice little touch. So, Duke, uh, take us take us through this one. Th- this has been, I-, I feel like, even on the pre-show yeah. we were talking, this has been the bread and butter. Like, it's been really cooking. So, Eddie Kingston ends up defeating Brian Danielson to retain the Continental Crown title. So much like beating Claudio was something that needed to happen in Eddie Kingston's career, not just for him to win the Ring of Honor title and to defend his world title that he'd won in Japan. He needed to beat Brian Danielson and earned his respect because it was a lingering thread that was tossed out there by CM Punk back at the Build the Full Gear 2021. And it has been a lingering thread in Eddie's story ever since. And we have finally closed that chapter for Eddie Kingston. I cannot think of a more poignant and more um, emotional way to kick off the title of defenses that Eddie's going to have for this championship. I think this has uh, assuaged any fears that I had that this championship was going to be viewed as like lesser than other championships on the card. To me, it feels like you have the world title, and that's on its yeah. own level. And then the international, you may say, is the lowest out of the three. But I think <laughs> hey, the international, I that. the just... international, the continental, 
And the TNT, you know, the TNT has been in the dumps for a while. So we'll, we'll work on that. I mean, yes, Christian Cage has been doing good stuff with it, but before then, and even with Luchasaurus, it, it's, we've, we've discussed this on the podcast at length. It's been, it's been a tumultuous title. You know what I mean? He pulled that thing out of the depths of hell. Yeah. If, if we didn't have Christian Cage's brilliance surrounding it for the last year, that title would be completely worthless at this point. Let's be real, you know, unless someone else Kill held it, that was my, really uh, good. My TNT champion. Yeah, I mean, I, I I enjoyed what Killswitch did as champion. It was just, it was very, you know, it it it, it ran its course, and they needed to do something, and they they hit the uh, the Christian Cage button, and it was brilliant when they did it. You know, but anyway, um, the you, I I think it's like you have the like I said, you have the main title, and you have those three titles, and they're kind of all equal. You know, like Eddie Kingston's though might because of match quality like this, if we can continue this kind of legacy for Eddie's first reign as the triple crown and i would imagine hopefully not his last you know um i i mean i can't it's 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 a dangerous territory because we did this with the international title with orange cassidy right and he had a legendary first insane run with it if eddie does the same thing i don't know if you can follow it up it's it was you couldn't with orange cassidy and and you spent too much time trying to get that that aura back and it never came back and Thank God you had the you had the break glass in case of emergency, Roderick Strong. But you might yeah. not have that for Eddie. You have to really be careful here with the way you book this. I feel like what what is elevating this Continental Crown as well? It, it's the tournament. We we still feel the tournament. And look, they uh, the Continental Crown as a whole. This is its first pay per view match, right? I believe so. Well, other than the, the first other than the match, match for the yeah, championship for the, on for the original championship, this is its first defense. I mean, you 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 really can't start out better than this. Like th- this is how you do it, yeah. and um, I just I think they work so well together. Brian, the thing that I'm that I keep going back to in my brain right now was the way Brian worked on the arm that Eddie uses for his back fist. I mean, there's so many points. Eddie's just limp. Like, dude, he's limp dicking it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He can't fucking move. Um, but, geez, yeah, Dart. Uh, what, have your, what, what have you been... What has been your thoughts on Eddie as a champion? And uh, how'd you feel about this match, man? Um, Eddie as a champion. I wasn't a big believer in Eddie for the longest time. I think a lot of people are with you. Um, and it it took a while for for me to get behind Eddie. Um but what really helped is I was at the the dynamite or the yeah, the dynamite for um it was the blue league and the in the gold league final. Charlie? Hello. Uh, That's just my old ass computer. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Hey, (laughs) way to cut me off. Yeah, but no, yeah, that 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 was a badass dynamite, bro. Yeah, I was at I was at that dynamite, and it was um, being there live for what that was. Eddie, that was the first Eddie Danielson match, right? Yeah, that was the playoff match. That was, that was the playoff. Yeah, being there, um, seeing that kind of that feud really like come to a head, and then just keep on going. Um, 
but I've come around on Eddie. Uh, as a champion, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I know the type of matches he can have. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, with the help of Charlie, um, I've gotten into kind of the Japan-style matches, the old Japan um, stuff like that. So I'm excited to see where this goes from for Eddie. Um, I really don't know. I don't have a clue on who this next opponent for Eddie is. Um, but I'm 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 glad this this feud ended with Danielson coming around and and I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the post match interview on on a good old X um, that uh, AEW posted. Um, they were in the trainer's room and they were talking about just their love for wrestling, essentially. And yeah, it it, it can go full it circle just, now. It, it was it was like two two best bros hanging out in the trainer's room after they just beat the shit out of each other. So it was just it, it was good to that for this feud to come to an end here. And excited to see where this goes. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think that's kind of the, the cool thing about Eddie and, and why I wanted to bring that up is everyone always has a moment when you when it clicks for you, when you're like, Okay, I actually really like this guy. For some people it's the promo work, man. Right? there's a lot of people it was the sour patch gimmick on being the elite when they were like, Wait, I actually really think this guy's cool. Do you remember what um, it was for me for Orange Cassidy, Charlie? Do you remember the was moment? It? Was the it was a it was a DDT he hit on I think it was Trent Beretta or something like that. I forget who it was. It was somebody hit him in the Ospre- best friends. I think it might have been Osprey. Nah, I was already on the Orange Train by the time he got the Osprey match. I I remember very infamously not being into Orange's gimmick, and and there was a match he had that won me over. I can't remember who it was against. He hit one of those spinning DDTs, and he, it was the first time I think that we'd seen him, at least in a long time in AEW, hit both of those like tilt the world DDTs he does back to back in a match. Yeah, and he kind of worked out that sort of like uh, comeback that he still uses to this day when you know he's on a run. Um, so you know, I mean, there's there's watershed moments that kind of make you realize what you have. And I just want to say that I'm glad to hear that my agenda of getting everyone to watch All Japan because of how much Eddie got me into it and how I can't stop watching it now. Mm-hmm. And the agenda is coming full circle now. I appreciate that. Because, I mean, it's just really good underrated wrestling that just didn't really... I mean, I feel like I don't know many people that know about All Japan. Like, they know about All Japan, but they don't know about 90s All Japan and the Four Pillars of Heaven and all the crazy shit that they did, you know, like... And Eddie Kingston, I think, is bringing awareness to that stuff, you know? Yeah, he's doing his, doing his due diligence, if you will. Um, our next match, which, again, these matches uh, are getting a shitload of time. Christian Cage and Danny, 1650. Eddie Kingston and Daniel, and Brian Danielson, 1945. Our all-star eight-man match, 1545. And, guys, this this was just... This was spot About eight foo. minutes too long? Yeah, this was spot foo. It, How long yeah, was this spot- match? Uh, fifteen forty-five. It was about fifteen minutes and forty-five seconds too it, long. It didn't need to happen. <laughs> it didn't need to happen on this pay-per-view at all. Everyone, we knew the result going in because there was only one logical person to win. And look, Wardlow looked like a badass, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, he ended too up winning Dante Martin. Too so again, CMLL dodging the pins. They they, they know what they're doing. Good, good on you. So does this match replace Face of the Revolution going forward since we didn't get an announcement of that match for this week? Nah, I didn't I think, think so. about that. Yeah, no, you know what? It probably did, actually. You're right. We didn't have that ladder match. Um, wow. Up next, we had Roderick Strong and Orange Cassidy for the AEW International title. Uh, 
this this was Roderick Strong bullying Orange Cassidy, beating him down. The Messiah, the Backbreaker, you name it. Um, I I I thought at this point, this was our shortest match so far, including the pre-show. Really, and I I thought it it was a perfectly timed. It didn't feel too long. It did. It respected Orange Cassidy's reign. The announcers did an incredible job putting it over. They mentioned the thirty-one. You know, is his body still broken from the thirty-one defenses from the first reign? Which that well, number wasn't off the top of my head anymore. I, I kind of forgot that number. If you go back and, to the last two weeks of AEW television, they mm-hmm. have made multiple notes of uh, Roderick attacking uh, Cassidy's back, and then they showed it was really, really taped up at the start of yeah. the match. So I, they, they in kayfabe, if you will. His back is injured, and that's what you know the backbreaker is, and all that stuff. It's going to be targeting towards that, and I I'm really glad that they established that because in my head I knew this match probably wasn't going to be as long as some of the other matches because of that. Like they weren't going to have Cassidy go out there and completely no sell all the you know essentially all the matches that he had to that point. We're so, talking death matches with Matt Taven where they're fucking going through tables. I mean, you name it. The post-match angle here is uh, Roddy celebrating. And, you know, since Orange Cassidy is our only title reign, we will go through his title reign here. But uh, the post-match angle before we do, Roddy celebrating and Kyle O'Reilly returns. Roddy offers him a a hug and a shirt. Kyle doesn't say anything. He just puts the shirt. Well, he whispers something to Roddy, which we'll see. I'm sure we'll see that play out on Dynamite or Collision this week. Gives him a tap on the shoulder, walks away. Dart, Kyle O'Reilly, back in wrestling nearly two years. Big KO. Um, it's been two uh, years? Yeah, it's been wow. nearly two years. He wow. Has fun- he has theoretically been hurt since a it's month It's been after so long, CM Classic. Punk hadn't even had an injury in AEW yet. That's how long ago this was. We're talking about a month after the first Owen Hart Classic. Oh, wow. So, oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, what do you what do you feel about that, man? About Kyle, I'm a big fan of Kyle. So, I mean, anything. Okay, I lied. It was in the middle of CM Punk's first injury. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I mean, I'm I'm glad that Kyle's all right. Um, yeah, we didn't think that we would see him for That's a, a genuine while. Surprise! It was it was. You guys heard me. I saw it on the on the far left of the screen. I saw. I saw somebody jump the guardrail and I realized it was Kyle O'Reilly and I was popping. I was screaming. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I hope this ends up as a undisputed era return. Um, the, the undisputed kingdom needs some fucking juice in it. Exactly. I, I, I was a big fan of the undisputed era back in NXT. So, I mean, that was my favorite faction of all time, but I'm I'm excited to see where this goes for Kyle. Um, I want I want to know more about what he whispered. It's just did he is it, is it, was that like last a, time, a yeah, seed? Last time we saw Kyle, he was in the undisputed elite. So mm-hmm. Fish is gone. Adam Cole's in this group. Yeah, but yeah, as our only title reign, let's go through Orange Cassidy's uh, title reign here. So Orange Cassidy, this is his second international title reign. He won it off of Ray Phoenix. This total title reign was 145 days. And this is, again, following his 326-day title reign. So if you're wondering, yes, it does feel like Orange Cassidy's been champion a long time. It has. 
Okay. So he wins this title at Title Tuesday. Battle of the Belts, he defends against John Silver. He then, about a, about a two weeks later, he takes it against Claudio. Um, he does what now? I, it, this is a good title defense. And there was actually thought that Claudio could win it because this title just hot, just, it just jumped from John Moxley to Ray Phoenix and, and then to Orange Cassidy in a very short period. So everyone was kind of on edge, like, are, are, where are we going with this title? Um, Orange Cassidy defeats John Moxley at full gear. About three weeks later, he defeats Angelico. He takes the title to Collision ten days later. He defeats Brian Keith. Four days later, he defeats Rocky Romero. About two weeks later, he defeats Dante Martin. He takes it to Battle of the Belts where he defeats Preston Vance, which that was following the Daily's Place stuff with Preston. And Preston hasn't been seen since. Do with that information Did I miss something? Did I miss something? Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Did I miss something? (laughs) Yeah, that, uh... That happened, and it was gone right away. Um, where where can I find this? I need to know what happened. <laughs> Battle of the Belts 9. Uh, two weeks later, uh, Orange Cassidy defeats Commander. Unreal, because it was actually a good match. We both thought Preston was actually finally going to get a push, and they did nothing with it. Oh, nothing. Three weeks later, we defeat Tomohiro Ishii in a really, really good match. This is... Probably the best one of the title reign, I would say, right? The match with yes, Ishii, probably? Yes, this was the best match in the uh, title The Roddy reign. match, if it had been given the actual time to be a match, but it, they didn't do that. They, and they then, uh, story you route. guys know the deal, it counts, man. Uh, a week later at RevPro, he defeats Cameron Kai, Flash Morgan Webster, Richard Holiday, Shaw Samuels, Shigehiro Erie, and Spike Trevet. And then, ten days later, he defeats Nick Wayne, and then that takes us to this title reign. Look, um... I, there was times I was I was a little harsh on this title reign. If you guys have been following along the past few weeks on the show, but I I think he did turn it up at the end. Again, this doesn't count the Matt Taven match. Matt Taven match was really good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're ready for a new face with this championship. Again, three hundred and forty six days or three twenty six, and then one hundred and forty five. He's been champion theoretically since October twelfth, twenty twenty two. So. <laughs> Roderick Strong is a new welcome face, to say the least. But um, let's jump into this next match where we go. John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli defeat FTR. Duke, take it away. Yeah, so um, on paper, a probably didn't need to happen match that is purely based off of the fact that I believe this was originally intended to be a spot for, again, I hate that we know this. Uh, the idea, I think, was that they were going to fight some of the CMLL guys on this show, right? Um, and obviously, now maybe this was always the plan, but I feel like there was a bigger plan for the CMLL feud that they had really put a lot of stock into in the first like half of the build to this view or to this pay-per-view, you know what I mean? Um, but then they had to pivot because obviously they weren't going to be able to get those guys in because of either visa issues or whatever it turned out to be that they couldn't get them on this show. Um, but uh, what they ended up getting out of it, I mean, we can't really say this was a bad thing because FTR and VCC are two of the best tag teams in the world right now. Um, and I feel like the Moxley uh, Claudio tag team kind of does get a little bit underrated sometimes because. When you think of the BCC, when you think of the purely insane wrestling, you do think of Claudio, but you really think of Brian Danielson. And, I mean, even when we were talking to our other friend Brady earlier, Moxley's not known as a wrestler. Charlie, you even think of him as a brawler, you know? 
And he is, yeah, he is the definition of a textbook brawler. I mean, he wins the brawler award every year for a reason, you know, like I, there's just nobody on his level in regard to that. But I do think in moments like this, he can shine and show everybody that even though he's not necessarily a technical wizard in the same way that Brian Danielson is, he can still hang with guys like Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, who are not technical wrestlers. They just wrestle the old school style of professional wrestling, tag team wrestling. Like, and I don't even know if it's the old school style because they still do a lot of modern stuff in it. Like, it's FDR really hard to classify in that way. And it's why when like people say like the thing about living in the past or whatever that the the BCC brought up as their main gripe with FTR in this like sort of mini feud. It's like, that's not even really hitting the point. And I think that's kind of what the point of this match was, was FTR showing them that, hey, it's not about living in the past. Like, we are the future because we are tag team wrestling. This is what tag team wrestling can be when it's at its greatest. And I think the Blackpool Combat Club fit right into that same mold. Um, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this match, though, because I I think yeah. me and you have talked about this at length, Charlie. When tag team wrestling is at its best, it's some of the best wrestling in the world. And I think this is another example of how AEW's tag team division is stacked. And I do think I suggested that I think this is maybe a tag team, you know, number one contenders match. I think given that we don't really have a definitive champion spoilers for later in the show coming out of this, I don't know if that really means anything now. It doesn't necessarily mean that they couldn't get a shot or something. You can always have a contender, yeah. but um just give me your guys' thoughts on this because I I really enjoyed this match. I mean, obviously it was technically sound, even though I I didn't call, I did call FTR not technical wrestlers, but well, you're yeah, yeah you're had talking that base to their wrestling style, you know. Yeah, this was a bite. This was a studied. This was everything. Great mat work. Great double team combinations. This was just. It felt like pros. It felt like pros being pros in a way, right? I just I really enjoyed this match, and um. Look, it, Dax was the only one that bled in this match, too, by the way, which is kind of a fun little shocker stat nugget there, right? But Dax's selling was so fucking good. And it's a thing, like, I, you just know that there's someone, maybe they were at the show, maybe they're watching the show with friends, and this is their first time ever seeing FTR. And I just, I always wonder, like, they got to see them for the first time and be like, holy crap. That was just a good fucking time. Um, yeah, the uh, the Road Warriors gimmick, right? Uh, it's funny, Mox was saying, yeah, you guys always live in the past, and then he busted out the Road Warriors, right? So, um, old school wrestling. Dart, any uh, any quick thoughts you had on this one before um, we jump into some good When meat? you asked me where I was, this was, I was not paying attention to this match. Um, <laughs> um, I, I mean... For for me. Dude, sometimes um, you gotta zone out, man. I don't know why I zoned out. I'm a big FTR guy. Um and I'm a big Claudio guy. But um I, I caught bits and pieces. I saw I saw um the blood. I saw I saw the the, uh, the big the big uppercut that Claudio hit. Um oh, yeah. but um I saw some some major spots. But I didn't I didn't catch much of this. Okay. I zoned out at this point. <laughs> We we had our AEW Women's Championship matchup next, where I know, dude, we're we've been loving loving the build to this match, um, and we even agreed this has been the best built match in AEW going into Revolution, a card that uh, across the board I think everything was built pretty well. 
Um, Thomas Tony Storm defeats Deanna Perrazzo. Uh, Mariah May had a cool gimmick here where she came out in the original Tony Storm gear that she joined AEW with. Where Duke, you had a, you had a cool note here. You were like, "This is this is more than just people are making it out to be. This is not just Mariah May, you know, cosplaying. She's essentially now she's going from the obsessed fan to now she's like wanting to be her." Right, it's like, like it's like the uh, yeah, it's like the obsessed stalker fan thing that we've seen in wrestling before, but it almost turned up like you know how like Tony Storm is like an old school like like throwback wrestler vaude villain style, but like turned up to eleven. It's like that, but turned up to eleven. Like, um, and so I think I think that there's a real possibility that especially after what happened after Mariah May's most recent match, where she just got blown off completely by Tony Storm. I think this obsession is going to turn into resentment real fast. Look, that that would be an easy way to book this next program. Yes. This match was pretty much exactly what you think it would be. I I think it delivered on the ideas of it was a very, very mat-based women's technical wrestling match. Like, that was what it was promised. I think there were... I saw a decent amount of people kind of online being like, ah, this was just slow-paced. It was a little boring. I got to tell you, that was the intention. That's the story they've been building. You know, Deanna has gone on multiple times. I am the best technical mat wrestler. Which, again, give me that match of Serena Deeb. Fucking please. Um, it's, it's just been good, man. I Look, I, I actually really think that... Uh, I, I've, I've been wanting Deanna to win this title, and... The thing that I keep getting stuck on is they gave this title to Tony in the first place when she really didn't need it, so why would they take it off of her? And that I just I kept getting stuck on that in my mind. And I feel like that ended up being the the case here. So Yeah. Deanna ends up uh she gets pinned by the the tombstone. It's whatever Tony's power driver is called. Storm Zero, there it is. And yeah, uh, I don't know. Any other any other notes right. on this one that you guys have? I mean, it was all right. Yeah, it was just solid. Uh, I think it was definitely outpaced compared to the rest of the show. Yes, which ten was times unfortunate yeah. for oh, the yes. map for the match that we're trying to tell. It was I, I, it was I the wrong type of match spot. on the wrong type of pay per view. Like it, like this match would have fucking crushed if it opened the show. Oh yeah, like, we're vibing with it at this point. I, I think following FTR and BCC is tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because that's the same exact style of match that we're trying to go stuck, for. Actually, let's look at this. It gets stuck in between that match and the greatest match of all time. No, not really, but like the greatest match on this show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that's crazy. You, you, that's that was a, a bad spot. spot. That's a tough yeah. spot to be in for them. And you know what? I think they still delivered within that spot that they were given. So I, I, I got to give them credit for that. Yeah, you know me, man. I, I really enjoy the the mat work. And yeah, I just, even even I was like, damn. It, it felt the, uh, the slower pace at that point. So, well, here you go, guys. Will Ospreay. Kanosuke Takeshita. I mean, Jesus fucking. Like, dude. On paper, right? This looks like a ten out of ten. This looks like something you you we do in two K twenty four for WWE. Like, all right, we can just load up two guys that we want to go out there and have a five star matches to beat the fuck out of each other with. 
I, I can't think of a match that just it delivered every single thing it needed to do to the point where even after the match they announced Kyle Fletcher Kyle Fletcher came back like every single thing went right in this segment Takeshita got his music back Will Ospreay incredibly over the two of them dude at one point Will got hit so hard by a fucking elbow you might have to do a concussion check dude like bro these guys they did not pull a single punch. We got the thing that we joked about, the Oz cutter into the blue thunder bomb. And it it looked even better than we joked about it looking. <laughs> it well, looked it was awesome. it was Takeshita losing balance th- that Dude, made it, it 12 so times better. Bro, I don't even know if he actually lost balance, though. He might have just been selling like the the craziness of the it, moment. With him, you like, never know. You never guys, know. Guys I think genius. I think like, I legitimately think he got caught off guard by the like the velocity oh, of the saying, like, cutter. I think he could have saved it. He just was like, you know what? This will look better if I just fall. You, could I, I, not... I think he's. I think he's that talented. The guys, that he is. Oh, he absolutely is. And but you could not have had a better Will Osprey match. And it's like he, Will Osprey, is. There's no one like him. It with no. the quality of matches that he's doing right now. And it's every single fucking time. It doesn't make sense. Here's a crazy question for you. Did Will walk in and in one match instantly become the ace of AEW? Um, They're hoping he is. Yeah. Look, Kenny's gone, man. Danielson's in his last year. Who's going to step up? Well, these two just said, hey, we want to step up. Swerve in the next match. Hangman in the next match. They want to step up. And there's a, there's a young buck in the main event that might want to step up too. But guys... Um, Dart. Uh, just any any other thoughts you had on this one? I mean, I, I guess Eddie. It's, it's there, the, there were so many sequences that we could go it's through, the but two, the two names in this match. You have Kenosuke Takeshita, the ace of DDT, the the I wouldn't say young, but the up and comer, the the future Kenny Omega, in a sense, and then. He's going to be the ace of a company. It's just, is it going to be in America or Japan? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you just don't know. And then there's Will Ospreay. Um, as soon as you hear that name, you know it's going to happen. Um, a five-star plus match. I mean, coming, I am the tablecloth. I mean, just, <laughs> I mean, Charlie, we watched Will Ospreay, Michael Oku. Yep. About two weeks ago. And we said nothing could top this. Um, the story behind that match, as we learned, was nuts. But this match from a pure wrestling match. Especially um, in athletic ability. This yes. might be one of the most athletic matches I've seen. This was that fucking was unreal. That was pure athleticism. And that was probably one the top five, I would say, Will Ospreay matches. Which um, we're talking about a guy that has... It's it's. I just don't even know what to how to how to describe Will Ospreay. I really don't. It, star it ratings, star ratings. I say six and a half. <laughs> dude, it fucking could be. Dude, if this can't, if this match drops and it's higher than a five star, I I I'm gonna sit there and be like, yeah, I get it. I get. I it. mean, I said I that Michael Oku of, while Osprey was six stars, and I nailed that right on the nose. Like like minimally, this is a twenty one and fifty twenty one minute fifty seven second match. I don't know if you could have done a better match in that time frame than these no. guys did. Like, no. Ugh, and, and, and notice, 
everything was basically in ring. Yeah. Barely anything outside of the ring. They were and it, we're gonna, we're gonna go bell to bell. Chain wrestling as well. Like they it was just so fucking good, man. It um, was it was moves selling the moves into into them hitting a move. Like what what was one of the uh the the elbows? It was the yeah. back and forth elbows. It was just oh my god. You name it. Uh Duke, we've been we've been spending a lot of time talking about what other what are gonna be the plans for Will Ospreay. How do you possibly book someone like Osprey? Don't even get me started on t- on fucking uh, Okada next week. I don't know. How, don't even get me started on that. But uh, could you have booked Will Osprey better than you did tonight? And 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 let it be known, we did get one Dynamite match announced. It is Will Osprey versus Kyle Fletcher. What the fuck, Banger man? Incoming. So, Banger incoming. I you asked me the question, so I have to I have to break your heart and tell you that if. Uh, if he had been available, this would have been against Kenny. And fuck it, make a triple threat. It, maybe it would have been. Um, but uh, that's the only thing that you could have done that would have maybe gotten Will over more. And I and I think that shows everything that it needs to about Kanosuke because. We've had this question mark over Kanosuke ever since we realized what we had in him and potential, right? But AEW has never fully pulled the trigger on the guy. Uh, be that because of timing, whatever, him not being available, and then all of a sudden we've had him for like over a year now, it feels like, and we haven't really taken the opportunity to give this guy the chance to really just go for it, you know? Don Callis' family was a misfire, I'll just say it, you know? Um yeah. We need to get him out from underneath that ASAP. And that doesn't necessarily mean taking him out of the group. We just need to get that aura taken off of that group or off of him with Don or whatever. Because I think if he works with Don. I just don't think everything around Don right now works That's with That's why him. little things like the theme song coming back matter. It's little things. Yeah, I think that's I mean, that one horrible, of the things that... horrible Don Callis I think initially it, it felt matter. good. And then, like, because it's like, oh, they're doing the old school wrestling thing where you don't really have a good theme, that you're really a heel and you don't care if they like it. But it's like, no, actually, that just hurt the gimmick because AEW fans just want to cheer for the fans that they were the wrestlers they like. They don't really care. You know what I mean? Like, for the most part, anyway, like, I I don't know. I, I'm really excited to see where they take both guys. Uh, you asked me what if I think they could have booked him better. I'll give you where I think uh, they're going to take Will next, which is if this match is any indication of what Will's first run in AEW is going to be like, I think, I can't give you a name, but I think there's a very good chance that after he faces, um, you know, Kyle, that he goes on to face, like, another insane wrestler. Like, I'm not sure who that would be. Have we gotten him versus Ray Phoenix yet? I think... It could just be Powerhouse Hobbs as well. He could be just be going through the family. That would be interesting. If he goes through the family after that, the match I want to see is Will Ospreay, Dante Martin. But that's that that's for that's fun. for a different time. That's for a different time. Yeah, I think Top Flight are going to be tagging for a little while. I don't think that's going to be. But I mean, Will Ospreay, Kyle Fletcher. Oh no, yeah, I'm not it, saying you couldn't do the match. I'm people saying care about right, which yeah. Which, you know, hey, it, look, it might just be for the title at Double or Nothing. And, God, and we hope. can't blame them if they do. Just like 
if Okada shows up and Okada is wrestling Samoa Joe at Dynasty, can we really blame them? It's fucking Okada. So, no mention of the rankings again tonight. I think they're already done with them, man. That's fucking hilarious. Swing. I was never. Match. I was never a big fan of the rankings in the first place. Yeah, I it was can't too confusing. It was too confusing. They don't know. They don't know how. They don't know what they're doing. No, so. I mean you. All well, you have. You have too many rankings. You have too many titles for the rankings. Like you had a men's ranking and a women's ranking and a tag team ranking and a three man. But I'm like, but you have three singles championships. The first one, is he the number one contender for the world title, international title, continental crown title? What is it, TNT? What is it? It I works just, a lot better when they just had the two titles. It did. And as soon as you as soon as you had two more titles, you had to have, I feel like, a ranking based off of different titles. But that's gonna that's not gonna elevate some stars. Like it's that's gonna be like, okay, let's put like Ray Phoenix and like the TNT title ranking, but I mean, but that means Ray Phoenix isn't good enough for the world title. They, they, they back themselves into a corner and it's just safe to just delete it. And then just, just on, on paper, I see what they go for, but yeah, yeah they no, try to do the sports. Work. It doesn't thing, work, but it just doesn't work in wrestling. All right. Um, we had our triple threat for the AEW world championship match where Samoa Joe defeated hangman Adam page and Swerve Strickland. He ended up tapping out Hangman Adam Page here. The story here is uh, Hangman is a full-blown heel. I mean, we're talking elbows to the back of Remsburg's head. <laughs> he beats up two refs. And Swerve turns babyface fully by not using the crown this time. It is the right call, in my opinion, to not have Swerve be the one that gets pinned. Excalibur mm-hmm. sold the story of, oh, Hangman just tapped so Swerve didn't do it, but Hangman's face didn't tell that at all. I, that's just, I don't know if that's a misfire on where they were placed. I don't know. The important thing is Excalibur told us the story. So that's going to let us know. Excalibur is very good at that. Yeah. Nah, that, that, that lets us know going forward. That is the plan. Um, uh, so right away you're, you, you're wondering how do you follow the last match? And you know, right away, I think they felt the heat from that. Uh, it was, it was a little slow. The crowd wasn't popping for everything other than for whose house, Swerve's house. It turned into a one-on-one for Samoa Joe and Swerve for most of the beginning. Once Hangman booted up, though, he really got going. Buckshot lariats left and right. And, yeah, I, 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 on the podcast last week, I remember saying, like, it's kind of got a feeling now that, that it's switched. I feel like Joe's retaining for this one. I couldn't put pinpoint why. But now we know it's because they're going to do some time off with Hangman. And, and look, with all these guys returning, with Okada, you know, hopefully Okada, but with Osprey and presumably Okada, now Pac, Kyle O'Reilly, all these guys returning, yes, Hangman can take some time off. I think it's now now is a better time than ever. So, no, I don't know. I, I think towards the end, I would say the back, the the third arc of this match, it really it really tuned up and, and it actually got pretty enjoyable. Um, I didn't, I didn't expect myself to be going hangman's heel stuff was my favorite shit in the match, but he was so good at it. He's a fucking natural. (laughs) Um, I mean, we said it best (laughs) earlier. It's probably best to not say it on the pod, but I mean, he's, he's a guy named hangman from Virginia. Yeah. Look, it's what he does, man. 
Look, bro, he does what he does. Um, Duke, uh, we got to Our Duke. world champion stays the same. How we? Yeah, yeah. So they didn't put it on the hottest act in the company. It, it, I don't know. I don't know, man. Are they? Are they doing the uh, the L.A. night thing? Wait, wait till it's cooled down. L.A. night. Wait till it's I cooled really down. Don't know. pull it. Don't pull the trigger because they they got to do it. It's now or never, man. It's now I, or never. I think that they will live to regret not putting the title on Swerve Strickland here. Um, while I do think it is good that Samoa Joe is not going to just be a transitional champion, I think I think we all kind of know Joe's on the back end of his career, right? I think we needed a transitional champion, though, too. I think uh, we've had too many long reigns in a row, and it's fine. Tony Khan had his first four or five champions in AEW planned out in his head, right? And that's great and all, but that only gets you so far. You can't have everybody have a 500-day title reign. It's just, it means that those title reigns that are that long like that just mean less. I mean, why does Roman's title reign matter so much right now? Because it's so damn long and it's one reign. You know what I mean? Like, there aren't a lot of other factors, dude. The storytelling's been great. But you could have a, a story that's that long, that's not good, that could just be as long. So, like, there's multiple things that have to go into it. So, if you don't have MJF, or somebody like MJF, or Roman Reigns, or somebody that can carry a story like that for uh, 300 plus days, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to work. Orange Cassidy was able to pull it off. But he had to do something that probably will take years off of his career, which is wrestle at a rate that you should never wrestle at. Like they had every to pull week. out the old Western storytelling for that title reign. I mean, good God, that God. was so incredible. That was so incredible. But yeah, I mean, like, I I do think this is an example of like the acclaimed and a few other examples where they didn't pull the trigger when they should have. And it, it backfired hard. Fucking I, Wardlow, you know? And, and like, hold on, holding on to that thought, are we about to see Swerve just win this title at big business? Just like the acclaimed. When, when, if when they, they go, fucking if missed it, it that first like night. That, if it goes like that. Two weeks later, he wins it. It will be... If it goes like that, I could foresee Swerve's title reign getting overshadowed by the fact that it was much like the acclaimed title reign, as good as it ended up being was kind of always overshadowed by the fact that it wasn't done when it should have been to get the full effect. But I think there's a way you can bail yourself out of that, and it's you just got to put Swerve on the back burner from this title for a while, which sucks. I don't, I don't think that's how you... I think, I mean, if they're really playing that Swerve didn't win this title because of Hangman's hatred for him, and that's he, what I'm he, hoping out. That's what I'm tapped, hoping since I said it. He tapped because he doesn't want Swerve to win this title. He'd rather lose the title than have Swerve win it. That that is that is a great piece of info from Excalibur. But I hope I and we know the Swerve Joe storyline is going to continue because we know that Hangman's going to take some time off. But yep, if they pull the trigger of big business, I'm not opposed to it. Because they're throwing big business out to be a pay-per-view-esque dynamite. And it's just... They want this thing to be huge. It's it's going to be. I mean, you're in Boston. You're probably going to have Mercedes. You're probably going to have Okada. 
you're I really hope the main event is Joe Joe Swerve with Swerve winning the title. Like and yeah. Like you you do not have to put Swerve on the back burner because you can play into that hangman storyline and you can have Swerve's title reign last from big business to all in. Wembley, you you can you can have a solid six month title reign for Swerve right now, like and it would be fine in my opinion. God, if they ran Swerve versus Will Osprey at Wembley, that would be an incredible. This is that has been that's the match that's that's the match we've been talking about for the past six months. Is just we we all all three of us agreed that after MJF, it was going to be Samoa Joe, Swerve. Will Ospreay, and we didn't know where it was going to go from there. Probably Okada. But if probably not, if Okada. Okada. If it's Okada, yeah, probably, probably Okada. Your next, your next four, maybe five, six champions, we could probably picture it as Joe, Swerve, uh, Osprey, Okada, Kenny, Hangman. You could probably do all, the, all those three. And yeah, we, we start getting in interesting points, man. And, and there might be people, your Dante Martins, your Daniel Garcias of the world, that may peek their heads over the of the bushes in the in the meantime and, and get themselves in that conversation. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's you, there's so many there's so many people in AEW right now that could that could potential potentially like throw themselves up up into that conversation. It's just a matter of time of who comes in and who leaves. Honestly. Yeah, so I don't find it a coincidence as soon as this match is over. We get told April 21st in St. Louis is the next pay-per-view AEW Dynasty. You know, I'm fine with that. Um, That's what, seven, eight weeks away. Mm -hmm. I wish they would get that information out a little sooner, but uh, St. Louis is a new town for AEW. So that's a good sign, hopefully, that, uh, you know, we're we're not going back to the same old, same old that we did last year. They're in Orton country. Yeah, that last year there was a problem with running into the same uh, the same venues, and it, it bit him in the ass. AEW, come back to Orlando, please. Thank you. Orlando, come Orlando. back to Orlando for a pay per view, please. <laughs> Sting and Darby Allen defeated the Young Bucks in a tornado tag match to retain the AEW tag team titles in Sting's retirement match. Okay, beautiful. This is this is a the classic example of one of those matches. There's not much we can really dive into because it's it's like we touched at the beginning. It's it's a spectacle more than anything. Um, that being said, Sting's entrance. This is, I think, without a doubt, the best entrance in the history of AEW. I think now you have to live up to this entrance. Whether it's the video, the pre-package that they played, his sons doing the former Stings, like the Sting icons that he did throughout the eras. And my God, that first son, he really looked like fucking Sting. I thought it was Sting. (laughs) He really looks like him, man. Um, But yeah, uh, you know, we, we, Sting retires as a champion. I think that's something that is very important to happen. Um, Look, this match had been hyped up as there's going to be some spots that you remember forever. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I think they delivered. I really do. Darby Allen, he wrote in the Players' Tribune, you haven't seen anything yet. There's so many moments with Sting, whether it's taking the super kicks to the chin, fucking hulking up and double clotheslining the boys, Sting going through glass, Darby Allen off the top of one of the biggest fucking ladders, the Sammy Guevara ladders, we say, 
It's the sandy go ladder. Through, goes through real glass on me a river. fucking chairs. Real fucking glass. What? That was... How? Are we setting up a Jack Perry match when he gets back? Oh, real glass, go cry me a river. I hope so, man. Look, Jack, look, let's have Jack fucking kill it in New Japan. I I really hope he does. But, yeah, guys, I mean, you know the vibes. This match was just fucking awesome. Um, I, I can't think of a better way to send this thing off. Like, this is so memorable. You know, this is one of those plunder matches that I think you're just gonna, you're gonna actually really remember it forever. And, God, another year where Revolution just kicks fucking ass. This three matches in a row, the Osprey Takeshita, the AEW World Title, and the AEW Tag Team Title, it was just, it was really, it was a remarkable hour. It was about about an hour and ten minutes. And it's just, it's unreal. Um, Duke. Just, I, I, I gotta, I gotta know. What, what are some of your thoughts, man? I think, um, it's really tough to encapsulate somebody's like retirement match, especially when it's one. I mean, this may be the greatest retirement match in the history of wrestling. I, I can't think of anything that's even going to come close ever again. I don't think AEW can ever top this. I don't think they should try and run another angle like this. I don't think I don't think you can do this for somebody else. I don't think there's somebody else in wrestling like Sting that people are going to invest this much in watching them walk a path they arguably should have walked 5 6 years ago when and a big part of it's the era he came from too. Yeah, you're just never going to have another wrestler of that caliber from that time that's going to retire. Sting might be the last one we see of of that caliber that goes out in a manner like this. He may be the only one ever to. I mean, I can't think of a better send-off in pro wrestling. The only one I can even think of, and I think this is in the same category and may have even exceeded it, was the WrestleMania 23 Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair match. Emotional. And I think this has a similar level of emotion. But like I said at the top of the show, not every wrestler from the era of Sting and The Undertaker and all those guys has to go out on their back. If that's the way they want to go out, then so be it. That's their choice as a wrestler. But Sting got to go out as a fucking champion. And to me, that's something that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life as a wrestling fan. Because I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very well put. Um, I I just look now. Um, they did release what Sting said after the show went off air. So I know there were some people probably, you know, worried about that. Like, oh man, I really want to hear what he said. That is up there, so don't worry about that. Dark just, you know, give me some thoughts, man. I mean, this was emotional, dude. This that video package was fucking emotional too. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a very emotional person when it comes to professional wrestling. Um, I've teared up at pretty much every retirement ceremony. 
that you could possibly think of. Um, and during that video package and the entrance, um, I rarely watched Sting. Like my parents watched Sting growing when I was growing up. Like when they were invested in wrestling in the eighties and nineties, they they were a big fan of Sting, and it just it just kind of made me feel like I was a kid again. And it was just it, it was perfectly done. Um, they they couldn't have executed his retirement match any better. I mean, and I think that being that that's a through line, man. That we all feel that way. This couldn't have been done better. And big credit to Darby Allen and the Young Bucks for that. Mm-hmm. Like, what an honor for those three to even be involved in this. All the legends at ringside: Lex Luger, uh, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, uh, you name it. So many legends out they there. They got DDP there. Yeah. Um, it this felt like a moment in time, and and like you said, when wrestling can capture. When you when when you watch something, it's able to capture what made you fall in love with it, like you were saying, like when you were younger. That that lets you know right there just how beautiful this was. Um, and yeah, guys, uh, unless you guys have anything else to add, that'll be it for us. Uh, this was another revolution, AEW Revolution. I think it's safe to say is, is their their best pay per view they do every year at this point. Let's be real. It's it's the main one. I know Double or Nothing is what it was built off of, but AEW Revolution. It's it's special each and every year. So it's it's the, uh, it's thank the you, wrestlers wrestlers uh, pay per view. It really is. So uh, thanks everyone for checking this out. We really appreciate it. Um, there will be not. We won't have a traditional show this Tuesday. Again, you guys might be listening to this on Tuesday. If you're getting your fix in for the pay-per-view. What the fuck um, did I take all those notes for then? What the fuck? What so, the fuck? But you guys can catch us. We will be back before big business. You know the vibes. And um, look, we might be talking Okada. Who knows? You never know. You can catch Duke. Twitch.tv backslash the Duke of Derps. Where you're still playing some Monster Hunter Rise, eh? Still the... So the move right now? 347 hours in. Fucking kill me. Holy moly. Um, Dart, thanks very much for hanging out on the show. Course, you guys, can, if you're interested in seeing some Dart wrestling takes, some Dart fucking baseball takes. Oh, of course. I, I got mean, all the sports takes. I got everything. You never know the, the veganoscopy. You can catch him on Twitter at a uh, Dart. A uh, Dart. So, and then at always, guys, we're at Eat Sleep Elite. Um, you give us a follow. We'll follow oh, you hold back. On, we're trying hold to build on. that community. Before we so, end it, before we end it. The AEW World Tag Team titles have been vacated. There will be a title tournament go. to determine the champions. There you go. We can officially... We, our speculation all right. All right, that right, everyone right. knows, no, wait, listen no, to the no, show, no, no, we cannot wait, confirm wait it. it. Nope. We, we, since we have it confirmed, give me your winners right now, boys. It's the Young Bucks. It's the Young Bucks. Yeah, you gotta go to the Young God. Bucks. You gotta go to the Bucks. It's time for some Young Blood. Top flight. Nope. Nope. Dude, I would fucking pop for that. I would pop for that big time. Nah, nah, but, nah. Give me a, give me Satnam Singh and a Jay Lethal. No, I think the Young Bucks are gonna <laughs> a real tag opponent. team. A real tag team. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, it, it, that's gonna be sick. Nah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Moxley and Claudio. That's though. what I said. That, but, I think that's gonna be the title match. Mox, Claudio, Young Bucks. Ooh, buddy, that's some money right there. Double or nothing. Thanks book guys it. a lot for uh, for hanging out with us this week. And um, yeah, we'll. We'll catch y'all on the flip side. See you in about three years, boys. See you in about three years. See you in three years.